Hi, my name is Jenny. And my name's Yuri. And welcome back to the Conscious Cuppa podcast. This is the Adam and Eve branch of the podcast. More goodies. More goodies. Yep. <laughs> so we're here to delve, ponder and wander through the Bible. It's characters and it's stories to reveal their hidden meanings. We'll show you how they've helped us discover the true nature of our very own human imagination as it shapes our lives, our universe and everything in between. We've got a claimer rather than a disclaimer and that is we don't believe that the Bible is about the history of any of the characters but that these characters are states of mind. The whole thing is a story told as if it's true. So when it's talking about characters like Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, among others, it's talking about states of consciousness. We really believe God is our awareness or consciousness and they were all God dreaming this strange dream into physical reality. We hope these interpretations give you a confidence that helps you discover what you can do today and every day to cushion the blows that come our way. We really love hearing from you and really, really love your input. So if you've got a question for the show or you want to send your beautiful mugshots in, make contact on Twitter at ConsciousCuppa and via email ConsciousCuppa at gmail.com. That's C-O-N-S-C-I-O-U-S-C-U-P-P-A. And you can leave a direct message on our anchor.fm webpage. And Brew Crew, stay tuned for your very own African Easter egg right at the end of the show. But for now, we invite you to grab a brew, take a pew, sip sip in in and wake up. Yuri, what's in your cup today? So today, I've gone off on a tangent and I've got coffee. It's got oat cream, so it's really, really creamy, and it's freshly brewed. Yeah, and I have, in my flask, something that you gave me. You gave me a box of tea. It was in a, uh, a box with silver pot written on it. And to be honest, it just looks like cut grass from dried cut grass. And so I've put two pictures of that in the flask. I don't know what it is. But I remember at the time you said, just drink this. Like a witch. (laughs) Just drink this. This will make you wonderful. So that's what I've got. And I'm going to taste it now. Good luck. (laughs) (laughs) We hope that you've got something lovely in your cup so that you can uh, sip along. Cheers. So here's what we do. Rather than a TED Talks, we thought this season we'd stay in bed. <laughs> so so we're currently sitting up in bed, helping to keep the flavour of the show all la- relaxed and easy going. Nice one. Each episode we pick a question from the pu- 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 public, public and we take a magic minute trip up in the lift of life and talk through the story as we learnt it as a kid. Then we send it through the de-gobbly goop machine and we'll see what we've learnt since we got muddled way back when. Then we'll have 10 minutes on the clock and share what new insights we've had since then. Finally, we'll join up these new perspectives and we'll see what it all means in terms of law of attraction. And what do we mean by law of attraction? Basically that imagining creates our reality, whether we know it or not. It's time for Magic Minute. And this week's question from the public comes from Mike. Hello, Mike. Mike Mike asks, what was going through Abraham's head when he had to sacrifice his son Isaac? Let's call the lift of life and see what we can say about everything we were taught as a kid 
about Abraham and his son Isaac. Well, let's roll the dice and see who goes up and who's coming down first. I'm going up five. I've got five. You've got a two. Okay. While we wait for the lift, how about a joke, Jenny? You know they found the knife that Abraham used to kill his son Isaac. It was found in Britain. Wow. Yeah. It was um, made by Dyson. Oh, Dyson. Oh, dear. (laughs) Thank God the lift is here. (laughs) (laughs) Just saying. Okay, so everything I learned as a kid about Abraham and Isaac. Okay, one minute. Okay. Now, when I was a very young child, I didn't know anything about them. They were not like the big characters in the Bible. When you're really little, it's all about Jesus and Mary. Yeah. Abraham didn't really come into it until later on. So my understanding of of that story was that Abraham was being tested and he was actually going to do that to his son. Are you mad? Yeah. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't. Just because a voice in my head or a voice from the sky, I mean, that's how I thought of God and mm. um, tells me to do something. It's like that thing your parents say to you, if your friend jumped off a bridge, would you jump off a bridge too? Depends if it was a swimming pool. Depends <laughs> <laughs> if it was a bungee jump. Yeah, yeah, and it was going to look like fun. Yeah, I would have thought, no, there's no way I'm going to kill my own child. So my thought was that Abraham was stupid and that God only stopped him because his God is also thinking, are you stupid? Dumb, bro. You're not supposed to do this. Yeah, that's what I thought. I was only joking. I was only joking, exactly. Yeah. So, like you, Jenny, when I was young, especially because we weren't church-going family, mm. I had no idea about Abraham. Yeah. But like, also like you, when I did find out about Abraham, I was like, you are nuts. You are nuts. Why would you... There's no way. And then, as I got a bit older, I was like, mm. wow, wow, that's a big sacrifice. Yeah. Your son, you know, and the relief that he must have felt when he, you know, God went, nah, it's all right, I've got a, a sheep, don't worry. And I just thought, oh, I'd like to have that feeling. Oh, I want to feel that level of relief, you know, mm. having to, thinking that something terrible is going to happen. Yeah. And I think in a sense, my mum probably taught me that somewhere along the line sleep on it she used to say a lot sleep on it and you'll feel better in the morning yeah you know and and that kind of connected with that story for me that i'd go to bed what seemed terrible oh broken up my boyfriend and then i wake up and even yeah you do feel differently even if it's tiny bit you just still do feel differently you manage to survive the night yeah wow i'm still here okay and i like i like what you said about the sense of relief that you got after Let's put 10 minutes on the clock now. So we've got to keep in mind that these are not real people. They're not historical people. Yeah. So that's the first updating, the upgrading of our understanding. These are states of consciousness. And the name of Abraham means father of the nations, father of many. He's going to give birth to so many things. So the first state of consciousness. Well, the first state on this particular part of the journey and of course, in the Jewish tradition, he's like the, you know, he's the big daddy of it all. Yeah. He is all about the faith. He is all about 
well, I'm ridiculously old, but if you say I'm going to have a kid, I'm going to have a kid. But again, because this isn't a real person, a person as you and I are people, if this is a state of a consciousness, it would be me feeling that if I've been given a desire, I have faith that in that desire is the means to bring it into manifestation. And as you just said that, it's slightly aligned for me with the idea that the, this impossible is going to be done. So when the resurrection happens at Easter, yeah, this is so dead, there's no way there's any life in yeah. it. You know, it's four days dead. So I feel like God kept ramping it up. First, it's like, I know you're 90, but you're going to have a son. And Abraham's like, okay, well, if you say I'm going to have a son. Well, actually, Abraham laughs. It's his wife who's 90. He's 99. <laughs> and, I'm laughing and, like Abraham. Exactly. So you're told that, You've got this desire, and the desire seems like way out there. There's no it's way. It's a nice idea, though. It's a nice idea, but I can't do this because I'm A, B, and C. You, you've got the doubts already there. Mm. And in this case, you might say, well, I'm too old. So he does laugh at the idea, but because of where it came from, mm. especially like, for example, a dream that you might have, a, a night dream that you might have, mm where you're being, you're doing the impossible things that you've always wanted. He does laugh at the idea, but because where it, it, it came from, he trusts it. He's already seen the whole thing because he dreamt it, for mm. example. Or even if you're doing the whole law of attraction meditation, you're seeing the whole thing. That's Abraham. He's seen it already. So he trusts the process of getting it from seed to fruit. Mm. And it's interesting about this story, isn't it, that he has these two real t tests of faith. So the first one is you're going to have this child. Yeah. And the second one is, and oh, this one's not so nice. It's nice having a child, but having to kill your child, having to sacrifice your child. So the, the first time, um, the first time God comes to Abraham, he says, oh, there's this great idea mm. I've got for you. Yeah. So to have a child. It's a lovely idea, isn't it? So, yeah, that's very easy to have faith in, much easier. You know, it seems a bit impossible because I'm so old and, you know, that makes you laugh. But it's a nice idea. But the second time God says, and now you have to give up, you have to sacrifice that child, yeah. that is not so easy. So now you're in a whole other realm of faith in, in my, you know, you're at the other end of faith where you'll do anything. Yes, and the process is that he what he has faith in is that he will get the end result. He is going to manifest the thing that he wants. But this request that you sacrifice you, the child that was promised to you, the child that you really, really mm. wanted, seems like, well, how comes you're not asking me to sacrifice Ishmael? Now, these are, again, two brothers, Isaac, Ishmael. Ishmael's the one who represents the body. And Isaac is the one who represents the spirit. Now, why aren't you asking me to sacrifice the thing that yeah. I've got rather than the no thing that I've got, the, the spiritual thing? You would expect to have to give up things. And that's typically what we think when we go on diets, that I have to give up this thing. Food, but it does, sugar, fat. Whatever yeah. it is, whatever the diet is. And it's interesting, that word diet, isn't it? Yeah. Because this is... This is you could be giving up anything. Yes. So be. think of diet in the biggest sense. Yeah. You know, you might be giving up that 
old job, you might be giving up that that money, you might be giving up those friends, you might be giving up... Yes, so there's all these things that you could be giving up. What you're being asked to do is give up the thing that creates those things. Exactly. So it's not the thing that you're giving up, you're giving up the, the state of mind that produces the things. Yeah. If you give up the things and keep the state of mind that produces them, you're just going to get all those things back. So you can't go on a diet to leave fat and sugar behind if you're keeping the state of mind that That... likes fat and sugar. (laughs) You have to give up the the state of mind that likes fat and sugar and get a different mind. And that's what Abraham... That's the sacrifice. That's the sacrifice. So you think that he might have to give up Ishmael, but it's not. He has to give up the state of mind, the, the, the thing that you can't see, the self-concept that produces the things. Yeah. So that's what's going through his mind is that on one hand, you don't want to have to give up this precious thing because it's without it, you can't do anything. Yeah. But unless you give up that, you can't get anything new. But this is a test of faith in the sense of do you have faith? that it's your state of mind that is producing things in the world. So you can test this yourself. And as Neville would say, test it and see. Yeah. So your imagination is working all the time. And can you give up now something that you don't want for something you do want? In order to do that, you have to look towards what you do want completely. So so we'll talk about that when we do the the five-minute roundup. Yeah. afterwards about how we can apply this yes on an everyday basis yeah but to go back to mike's question what is going through abraham's mind is even if he doesn't necessarily understand the process he trusts the process yeah so you don't have to understand how pregnancy exactly works but you trust that after nine months you're going to get a baby you're going to have a baby so what he's been asked to do is give up the state of mind that produces things in the world. But what happens in the story, of course, is he's taken the, his son to be sacrificed. And just as he's about to kill his son, in other words, he's about to give up that state of mind. Have Isaac be, just like Jesus, is this, is this power that will die and resurrect. But at the moment he's about to do that, the story has God saying, oh, hold on, you're all right, tested you, you passed. Take this lamb and sacrifice that instead. Well, what is the lamb? Like we said last week, the lamb is is Jesus. So it, you're still going to have something that needs to be given up. You still need a, a, a non-physical thing to be given up. That's the concept. And then you get a new concept. It will never actually really die. As soon as it dies, it's back. As soon as you give up one thing, something else comes up in its place. It's never it's never it's switched off completely. Yeah, it's the flow. Yeah. Wonderful. We've got a minute and a half. Do you want to pause it there? Yeah, I think I think we've we've covered the story. I think we've covered the story. As we apply this to ourselves and our lives, if I say I am Abraham, so I've got two applications of this. Uh One application is, can I be faithful to what I do want? Uh So that is Abraham being faithful to having a son. So whatever it is that I want to produce, can I be faithful to that? Yeah. And then the second lesson in faith, as it were, is can I give up 
Yeah. Are you my old self. Yeah. My old ideas. So, for instance, if I want a better relationship, intimate relationship, uh-huh. can I give up my old ideas of what this intimate relationship was, what it stood for, and can I embrace all the things that I'm being invited into? I, I definitely had that experience of, of having to give up my old ideas of what a relationship felt and looked like because it wasn't satisfying. And how how do you find uh, trying to give up your old self-concept? It's almost like facing the sunlight. Mm. It's a bit like sunbathing. Uh-huh. So I want to sunbathe. I don't want to be in the shadow. Yeah. So it's about facing what I do want and keep. I've had to practice reminding myself again and again. Any time that 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 doubt, which is the opposite to faith, seeps in, just goes, yeah. "Oh, Yuri, how about what was for dinner last night?" Yeah. So how about this old concept of of your relationship? And I'm like, "No, no, no. I rem- No, I've got a clearer picture. Remember, it's this way. This yeah. is what I do want." So it's and it's changing my language. Mm. I've had to self edit a lot, rather than saying, "Oh, moan, moan. I don't want." Oh, I'm giving attention to what I don't want again. Okay, yeah. so let me make my conversations a conversation of gospel. What I do want, and talk about that. And actually, shall I tell you something, Jenny? Those kind of conversations are exactly what I do want in my relationship. I mm. want inspiring, enlightening, happy joyful conversations and I can talk about acknowledge what I did want or what I had wanted or what's gone but I want to focus on what I do want in first person present tense the word faith we often think of it it's just like believing in something that isn't there but actually faith is actually building yeah the thing that you want out of nothing yeah so faith is like a builder. It's yeah. building this new house, this new self-concept that you want to live in. Yeah. I so like it's that. so important to live in the end of that. So you're already living in that house where now you're standing on an empty lot. You're actually living in the place. Yeah. So rather than just it about a belief in something you can't see, it's actually a loyalty to an unseen reality, yeah. but it's a reality. Mm. It's just undetectable by your five senses, mm. but it doesn't mean that it doesn't, it's not real. It's just your five senses can't detect it. And what the faith is doing is bringing it into the realm of that your five senses can make contact with it so that you can f- confirm and feel what it is for this process to for you to go through this and see it as the amazing gift that it is. And what you said about relief, when you do find in your imagination the thing that you want and interact with it as if it's real and you have it, you will experience a sense of relief, especially if it's something like that you really need. Yeah. That that um would bring you relief. I definitely experienced that when I was, you know, imagining this wonderful relationship. In the imagining, I felt a sense of relief. Now I'm far more practised and conscious. What I can do is that sense of relief, I have a heartfelt sense, but I also have a physical touch sense of what it is I do want. Yes, you have the, the experience once in your imagination... 
which is once, a heart and a hand felt my imaginal hand and my heart how yeah, it feels yeah and both then, those kinds of feelings yeah yeah and then on this level you get the feeling because you actually have the experience yeah. the, the physical uh, experience of it plus the the knowledge the wisdom now of how you done that and how you do it is through faith not because you deserve it not because you've earned it but you had faith in what you saw in that reality that isn't your five senses reality yeah so abraham he was right to go ahead he's a, in fact he's a little bit like the disciples when jesus calls them this is story wise of course Jesus calls the disciples and they leave and go straight away. Don't look back. Such courage. So, yeah, faith needs some courage because you're going to have to let go of something. Maybe it's something you want to let go of, but sometimes it's something you don't want to let yeah. go of. But you yeah. have to let go of it. Yeah. And the only way to do that is through your imagination, through killing the state of mind that is producing that thing. There's that lovely saying, isn't it? Um, about freedom and letting things go and they'll come back to you. Mm. I really like that. Well, that's Isaac. You yeah. let Isaac go and he comes back. Okay, that's it. It's quick, isn't it? <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a bed talk. It's got to be quick. This has been a swell cuppa. A slurping good time. And the perfect brew to wake up to. Send your questions and beautiful mugshots to us on Twitter at Conscious Cuppa and via email ConsciousCuppa at gmail.com. We'd really love to hear from you. And we'll see you next time. With your questions. Hey Brew Crew, thanks for waiting to the very end of the show. We've got some African Easter eggs for you. Jenny, it's you to pick this Is week. It? Yeah, you, you went on the elevator first. It's your turn. Okay, this is a Swahili proverb. It says, he who tells the truth is never wrong. He who tells the truth is never wrong. Love it. See you next week. See you next time.